bro, you're off the reservation. Like, where, where did you go? What are you talking about? What's the point that you're making? Matt and Woody Experiment, episode number 154. Woody Yeezy is out here. He's catching a lot of traction in recent uh, recent days because of some of these interviews that he's went on. Have you followed this? Have you kept up with this? I know I'm kind of the main reason that we're talking about Yeezy tonight. Have you kept up with this at all? Yeezy news has not been crossing my feeds at all. However, I live with somebody who sees these stories on her Instagram feed all the time. So every day this week, it's been a new thing that Kanye has done that she brings up to me. And I'm like, I didn't know about that. I didn't know about that. It's almost as if uh, the news feeds that I subscribe to just have him completely blocked out as if, hey, we, we can't count him in on the equation. You've already covered this before. All you're getting is sports and puppy content. Sports and puppies, man. This this reminds me of a Nirvana lyric. I wish I was like you, easily amused. It don't take much, man. You're living a happy life out here just watching sports and puppies. I, I am, but, but tell me what's crossing your news feed. Politics obviously crosses my news feed. I'm uh, kind of plugged into political... Uh, jibber-jabber on the internet a little bit, and I think that's probably why Yeezy has kind of got thrown my way. He recently came out with Candace Owens, noted uh, on our podcast for being an outside-the-box person of color, shall we say. Uh, Maybe we've both asserted on here that she's uh, a little bit in the grifter business as well, Um, and they both wore White Lives Matters t-shirts it's literally been something new every day it's hard to go back to what the first piece was but i do remember that piece it was with candace white lives matter t-shirt big reaction to that uh and then some of these subsequent interviews i think there was a tucker carlson interview yeah. Hope I'm not confused about that. Yeah. I think there was a Tucker Carlson interview, and then I think there was a Drink Champs interview with Noriega. Are you familiar with Drink Champs? I am not. Tell tell me, do you, is that something you listen to on a regular basis? I don't listen to that on a regular basis, but uh, sometimes clips of that does hit my Instagram. Because they, they talk about issues relevant to black culture, and they're also kind of in the I'm, I'm in that rap cipher, you know? I, I told you, I, I kind of like to listen to stuff uh, related to battle rap and things like that. So certain things with music hit my feed. And uh, Noriega has a, uh, uh, a podcast where him and a bunch of his boys sit around a big table full of booze and just chop it up, basically. And uh, they had Kanye on there. And Kanye is uh, kind of got some pub for things that he said on Tucker and things he said on Drink Champs after this initial White Lives Matter t-shirt controversy. But you are one of the most amazing people that I know. Um, you give the best recommendations when it comes to country music, folk, Americana, yet you still have time to deep dive into this hip-hop society. Like, you got kids, you got a wife, where are you finding all this time? I feel heinously unplugged from my former music dork self. But, you know, when it comes to Kanye, I, I just, 
he's he said a couple things. So first of all, white lives matter. A black guy saying white lives matter, wearing the T-shirt with Candace. Candace is a lightning rod for controversy. He's made claims in one of these interviews. It's kind of running together. He he made the point that George Floyd died of a fentanyl overdose instead of a knee on his neck. But the problem is it's missing the fucking point, you know? <laughs> so Kanye is that that kind of that argument kind of falls into the argument about George Floyd being a bad guy. In my head, you know, it's it's missing the point. But when you throw those those kinds of sound bites together, he stirred it up on social media and especially stirred it up uh, in the black community. I think we might have talked about this before on the podcast, uh, but yeah, Kanye's made a career of um, flipping things on his head. So he, he takes things that he knows people will not like and tries to make them cool. And he's been very successful with that over his career. And this just seems to fall in line with that. So he, he likes to take old music and remix it in a way where the younger kids will like to listen to it. He, he'll he take some shoes that you would make fun of your dad for wearing, and he makes those same exact shoes popular and expensive. Um, that's what he does. So he's taking these ideas that aren't that popular in in what you would consider his community. Uh, and he's trying to flip them. He's, he's just trying to, to flip the narrative and make it more acceptable. And uh, that's, that's his brand, I would say. The black community seemingly has largely rejected him in response to some of this stuff. Uh, so I'm going to ask you to speak, speak for all the black community here. Uh, does, is Kanye losing his black card, or has it been lost long ago? Uh, I would say some of the music he's released in the recent past, um, not his best work, but he, he still has that musical bone within him that make I can compartmentalize, and I, I see him for the excellent musician that he is. He can have these other views. I look at him as like, like a Kyrie Irving with added mental illness. <laughs> yeah. So you got to understand who you're working with there. He's uh, he's not operating on the same level that everyone else is. You mentioned his mental illness. And I noticed in a lot of like the press clippings I read, that's kind of how it's covered. Like I feel like his mental illness is kind of used to minimize him or something or discard him. Uh do you think Kanye is being taken advantage of by bad actors? I don't know what his mental illness is, but it seems like he has very high highs and very low lows. I'm not sure that that affects his mental capacity, just the energy at which he attacks things with. And that's enough to make you seem crazy. And it's not that you're, you're crazy, it's just like, wow, can you calm down a bit here? When talking about this because he seems like a kid that's just found out hit the YouTubes and found out some new information like I said kind of like Kyrie Irving but he has this these manic episodes to pair along with him I think back to when he visited the White House I have no idea what he had on that paper because there's been so many memes about it but I think he was talking <laughs> about going to space we needed to go to space or something 
it's interesting that you make the comparison to Kyrie. I hadn't thought about that before, but you're on the money because I think I feel about Kanye in a very similar way to the way I feel about Kyrie. Because on the one hand, they say some things that just kind of sound crazy. But then on the other hand, some of the stands that they're taking are the points that they're making about media and celebrity. Actually really smart points and things that I think people are foolish to discard. I noticed like, like his mental illness is used to discard him. And I also noticed that the fact that he's making points about the media, the media's manufacturing of victim mentality for the black community and the points he's making about the population being programmed into support for the Democratic Party. Like, I think a lot of that is kind of visibly evident in some ways. I don't think that's so far off the reservation. But because these are not considered black thoughts, as I'm making my air quotes here, uh, I'm noticing things like uh, commentary that Kanye is the living embodiment of the movie Get Out. Or uh, I hope I'm not referencing the wrong movie because they made a couple <laughs> of movies in that vein. Uh, is is that reference? Does that does that seem to make sense? Yeah, that seems to make sense. I can make that connection. Okay. Well, I, I'm noticing that it's like there's these insinuations that kind of like, oh well, Kanye's got tricked by the white man or something like that. He's not really, you know, he's not really right in his own mind. But there's these efforts to kind of discard him. I guess. You you know where I I, I hear the same things at or about. Herschel Walker. But, but yeah, I, I've heard the same thing about Herschel, and I, I think there's some similarities there. I think Herschel has uh, battled with some mental health issues as well, and um, him being a black man that goes on the conservative side of things, people will point at that and uh, use that as an excuse for some of the beliefs he has. I always kind of find that interesting. Like, what do you think about that? Because... Sometimes I just like, like I watch kind of the push and pull going on in these debates in the black community. And it's very interesting because it seems like there's such an emphasis within the black community about unity and uniformity of thought that it sets up this weird response where they don't like the points he's making and they want to reject that. But then at the same time, because the emphasis in the black community is on unity, many aren't just ready to let Kanye go, shall we say. You know, they don't want to just turn their back on him. That's part of what I took from Nori, the, the Drink Champs podcast. Like, Nori was really kind of trying to... He was letting Kanye rant for a bit, but he was also trying to give him some big brother energy and almost kind of put his arm around him, it felt like. But, like... Uh, what do you what do you think about that kind of push and pull in the black community of like, hey, do we just shun this guy, or do we be mindful that he's one of our own and a great success? Well, it's it's kind of like the question you asked me earlier. Uh, if he's just surrounded himself with bad actors and 
people that are influencing the way he thinks. Uh, I don't have as much insight on it as Nori might have because he's in that community. Uh, so he, he could see what entourage arrives with him. And I think a lot of that goes along with uh, a lot of the questions and things you see. When, when you see his entourage in the background, you're like, where is he getting these ideas from? Uh, and a lot of people that you surround yourself with can kind of like rub off on you. When you listen to Kanye, do you feel like you understand him? I can follow him for a little bit, but then, yeah, I get lost. He He's somebody that has uh, synesthesia, so uh, he's thinking on totally different levels than what the average person can think on. Like, he's he's seeing sounds and, and, and smelling sights. Like, his brain operates differently. <laughs> One time Kanye heard the color orange, you know, <laughs> he, 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 he is on a different level. I find myself having the same experience and that's why I quite don't know how to react to him. I just try to listen to him and like take in what he's saying and try my best to like make sense of it or whatever, you know, but there's, that's kind of why like I'm unsure how I feel about Kanye because sometimes I'm listening to him and I kind of follow him along on the example that he uses and can kind of connect the dots. And there's sometimes I'm listening to him and I'm like, bro, you're off the reservation. Like, where, where did you go? What are you talking about? What's the point that you're making? Uh, I, I wish Nori was on our call so I could ask about that. Because <laughs> there was a couple of times in the Nori interview on Drink Champs where I'm wondering, I'm like, does Nori know the point that he's making? Is Nori so much smarter than me? Or is he just being nice and letting him go? Yeah, they, they probably go way back. So uh, I'll have to listen to that interview. What did you say it was? The the podcast is called Drink Champs. Drink Champs. And, uh, yeah, they, they talk a lot of, about issues relevant to hip-hop culture and black culture. Uh, pretty Pretty good show. Um, well, I, I don't know what will come of Kanye. We'll, well, I guess we'll just wish Kanye the best. You know, He seems to be in a moment of like personal pain. He, he's focused on a lot of his kids being taken away from him and, and all that stuff. And uh, I guess when I digest that part of what he's saying, it's like, you know, maybe Kanye's a little out there. Maybe he's not. Maybe he's a genius. Maybe he's not. I don't know, but he seems to be a guy who's, like, went through some stuff, and uh, involvement with that family seems to have a history of putting some dudes through some stuff. Is that fair to say? That is fair to say. Has anyone heard from Chris Humphreys lately? I've not heard from Chris Humphreys, but while we're recommending content, listen to Lamar Odom. <laughs> <laughs> on Club Shay Shay. I love Shannon Sharp too. He he's I Shannon's one of the best guys in like sports media now. And Lamar gave some interesting tales from his life. So uh yeah, that that he Lamar might have thoughts to offer on what's going on with Kanye. <laughs> uh, speaking of black community and should we just throw somebody out of a community? I know that I'm a white boy, and I have no voice in this. I accept that. But I want to humbly submit that Russell Wilson absolutely should be rejected from every community. Where do you stand on this? I, I, I think I'll be fine with him standing alone by himself. So, yes. 
I wasn't always like this, but somewhere in the last four years, I've figured out I can't stand Russell Wilson. Uh, do you do you feel that way too? It's a situation going on right now where he's he's on a new team. Six weeks into the season, his team has been on four nationally televised games. So he's been in your face. He's been in your feeds all this season. And uh, if you thought you didn't like him a little bit, well, you're getting a large dose of him right now. I, I'd, I'd love to say I could just pin this on watching a few boring football games where the Broncos can't score. Uh, but – as a person, you know, like I'm the guy who's been on this podcast saying, I don't care what these athletes do in their free lives. I want to be entertained, right? That's my position. I think I should go back and amend it to say, except for Russell Wilson. <laughs> because Russell Wilson as a person, or should I say the character he's trying to portray – I just notice he kind of works on my last nerve a little bit. You know, Russell's one of those guys who I feel like has also generated conversation under the guise of how it's relevant to the black community because, you know, he's he's supposed to be the family man. I think he might have portrayed himself as, like, saving himself for marriage and all this stuff. And, you know, he tries to put forth this very squeaky clean image, right? But everybody feels like he's a square. And I've heard people make points that it's like, oh, well, you know, that what does that say about America that, you know, we lift up people who are talking about, you know, their body count or talking about how their kids aren't with them they're living like this bad lifestyle or whatever and we vilify this guy but no that ain't it like the people making that point that ain't it the reason that russell wilson is hateable is because he's fake i think you hit the nail right on the head there uh you said it just hasn't been the football lately that's gotten to you. Uh, so I am guess you're referring to, did you see the Subway commercial that they had to just, like, take down off of social media after a day of being up? I didn't even see it, but I did read an article about the Subway commercial. Do you want to report the Subway commercial? Man, it was, I, I think the only thing you can say about it, it was cringe. It was a single-camera commercial, him talking directly into the camera about, like, the craziest thing that, he's ever done or you've ever done um i'm feeling a little uncomfortable just talking about it right now has there ever been a more uncomfortable man trying to seem comfortable on the camera than russell wilson i can't think of one off the top of my head like uh yeah i mean your your definition of fake kind of like rings true there like there are other quarterbacks in the league that are corny but likable like, Tom Brady's corny. Like, he's he's not the coolest guy out there. But, like, he's likable. His teammates like him. That says a lot. The, the people that you spend the most time around like you. They're not spending time around you because they want to. They're spending time around you because they're getting paid to spend time around you. So, if they end up liking you, even in that situation, it means there's something good there. Uh, I would say Kirk Cousins is corny. He's the kind of dude Hella that corny. would say, oh, frick, on the sideline. But you know what? 
But you know what? That's real. That's really him. <laughs> That's really him. Peyton Manning can be very corny, but also somehow charming at the same time with corny, right? Here, here for the people who like are not sports nerds, let me let you let you listen to maybe the genesis of my hatred, Mister Unlimited. Hey guys, uh, Russell here. Yes, the typical boring, yes, Russell, the robot Russell, the one you guys love to know. Uh, real, real exciting. You know, I'm real excited. Um, but anyways, uh, everybody has to have an alter ego, right? And, and I've been thinking about what my alter ego would be, and I, I, I think I have an alter ego. His name, his name's Mr. 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 Unlimited. Yeah, you gotta be unlimited. You know, you gotta have a thought process of being unlimited. So when people ask you, you know, what you're thinking about or what you want to do in life or where you want to go, you gotta be unlimited. Tell them I'm unlimited. You know what I mean? So when they ask you certain questions like, Who brings you motivation, Russell? Mr. Unlimited. Who who's your role model, Russell? Unlimited. Who is your go-to person for advice, Russell? They think Pete Carroll, they think this person, think that person. Love you, Pete, but it's Mr. Unlimited. Tom. That was the seed from which my hate began to bloom. Okay? And I don't think that's a rare thing. I think that was the seed by which a million seeds of hate began to bloom like how large of a team how many takes did that take uh that's the thing we 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 think about when we think of russell like he's a guy that has a very tight grip on his persona his brand uh, nothing ever feels natural uh, i've never seen a photo of him that actually looks candid like everything always looks posed. His hair always seems to be right where he wants it to be. But yeah, you you get a guy like that who has built his brand image and has gotten him a lot of money. Like he's he just signed a huge contract. He's going to want to keep a tight grip on that and that's probably hard for people to get close to him, for people to be around him. He's the only one in the room who don't know that he's cringy. He's like a stepdad trying too hard. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you remember Carrie Elway and Liar Liar? Hey there, sport. Gonna Who's going to get you the claw? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Stepdad trying too hard, corny. You know what I mean? Like, that's what he feels like. But it seems like he thinks he's fooling everybody. Now, part, of, part of this got me thinking, like, about Russell... He would have been perfect in a different generation. In a way, this is the exact generation he should be born in as a as a guy of color because he's getting to play QB, right? Right. But I, in terms of acceptance, I think if this was the 80s, when people weren't as hip and as cynical as maybe they have gotten now, they would just accept this stuff from him. They'd be like, oh, what a great guy, you know? What a chum. He, he he presents himself in a certain way. Maybe the teammates would have known it was fake back in the 80s, but I think the public would have probably accepted him. And I feel like there's so many people that hate Russell Wilson because everybody can tell how fake he is. Yeah, I mean, people reading Wheaties back in the 80s, he would have been on the cover of the box. 
Like he would have been Captain America. Like, oh man, you want your kids to grow up to be like him. <laughs> right. <laughs> did you see Marshawn and Sherm talk about him at all? I did. I did. And I think it rings true. Everything we're saying said through them. That interview made me love Marshawn even more. You know why? Because he didn't bury him. He just kept it localized. Like to, It's just about what was going on with our team. You know, that's what he that's the vibe he seemed to put off. He's not here to jump on his throat when he's down or anything like that. You know, Marshawn's a real one. Marshawn for president. Yeah, and yeah, they talked about wanting to reach out to him, but they're like, Oh, we gotta go through his management team before we can even get to him to to actually talk to him. That he's trying to appear relatable, but in reality, he seems to be this guy that's got a little bit of money and married a big-name person and become this, you know, celebrity-type thing. Yeah, like you said, he could have got away with it 30 years ago, but now there's uh, so many forms of media out there that you can see right through it. And it's kind of interesting. We were talking about uh, Richard Sherman and Marshawn Lynch. Like... A lot of his success can be attributed to them. I don't want to talk too much about his gameplay, but a lot of what makes a young quarterback successful or not is the team they play on. So Russell just happened to go to a team with a great defense and a strong running game, built his success off of that team, uh, and uh, now we switch teams and now he is where he is, but... A lot of that can be attributed to the people around him, and when the people around you can't even get in touch with you, it says a lot. That's the thing. As far as the the on-the-field stuff, maybe he makes it a little better. Maybe he don't. You know, I don't know. For $250 million, he better figure something out, or people's going to start turning on him pretty quick, you know. Uh, All that positivity and all that, you know, go Broncos, let's ride. Like how he ends every single interview, all that little fake stuff, this quarterback character he's portraying. Like all that is not going to get it done. The unending positivity <laughs> in the post-game interviews. Like he's he's lost every game. And I think one of the, one of the interviews after the game was like, well, I, you know, I know I'm still a winner. You know, we got winners in here. And I believe and they believe and we all believe. And, you know, go go Broncos, you know? And it's just like, <laughs> who is this dude? What is this shit that you're doing? Um, but anyway, yeah, I uh, I guess I still need to work on myself because for some reason, I hate Russell Wilson. It's it's a flaw of mine, I guess. It's one of the reasons I really like to watch. Uh, I watch on YouTube, mic'd up every week. After every week in the NFL, they'll uh, play audio from the players wearing microphones during the game and on the sidelines. And you can really get an understanding of how they interact with each other and talk to each other, even though you know that they know they're being recorded. Russell seems like the kind of dude that the guy that he's pretending to be in the interviews is the same guy that he is on the field, in the locker room, behind closed doors. He's just trying to be that guy all the time. Um, Because I listen to some of these conversations on Mike Duff, and it's like, man, I wouldn't know how to talk to that dude. And I think that's one of the things that makes Tom Brady uh, a little more likable than Russell is because, yo, Tom can talk to Gronk. He can go talk to Evans. He can talk to his linemen. Like, everybody's 
cool with interacting him interacting with him in a certain way, but then you see Tom on the commercials and he's kind of acting like Russell on some of his commercials, but that's he knows when to turn it off and when to turn it on. Russell doesn't have his own personality. He's just got the one that he created in a lab. <laughs> oh, well. Enough Russell Wilson. Hey, you got any recommendations for the people? Uh, I'll keep with the sports theme and recommend uh, The Redeemed Team, uh, a documentary on Netflix. I'm not sure if you've seen it yet or not, but I would recommend you go out and watch it. It's only like an hour and a half. Quick watch. Uh I know you know the story, but for those out there that don't know the story, you don't have to have any background information. They kind of wrap it up nicely with uh, the failures of previous uh, basketball Olympic teams leading into the 2008 Olympics in Beijing. The interesting parts of the documentary are it was produced by LeBron and D. Wade, who were on the team. So throughout the whole movie, you're kind of like listening in to see like, what story's being told, from whose version, who on the team did they decide not to interview, who on the team did they decide to put up front on the interviews, and uh, you come away uh, asking yourself questions like that. Uh, it's funny, Coach K was the coach on the team, uh, what they had to say about him, uh, not giving too much away, but in the very last game, Coach K has a timeout with the team, and he said he realized that they didn't even need him anymore, and I'm I'm scratching my head thinking, did they ever really need them? Um, half of the movie, if you are into Kobe Bryant's stories, half the movie is about Kobe. It's kind of like now is really cool for players to latch on to Kobe's stories and get some of that cool rub back on themselves. And so uh, very in, in, enjoyable documentary. Go out and watch it. As fate would have it, that was also going to be my recommendation tonight. But when he got to the Kobe stories, that's A-plus television. Fun to be nostalgic about Kobe. And uh, it's cool that from the biggest dogs there, they're basically acknowledging, like, this was the freaking alpha. Get going in to work out when they're coming home from the club. You know? Talk about setting the tone. I thought it was awesome. Yeah. Uh, same sentiments here. Uh Find all the Kobe archive interviews and videos you can find. Patch them together. We will continue to watch. Correct. More Kobe content. Somebody. Yeah. Anyway, that brings us to the end of this one. We will see you on the next one.